0: What's up, Lo? How's it going? Oh, I'm surviving another day. How about you? Oh, I feel that. Honestly, I had a headache all freaking day, all day, but it's gone now. So I'm very happy. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know you had a fun day too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but we're not going to even get into that because that's just not podcast quality airtime I don't want to give them them people the time
0: yeah no I agree we don't want to give them the time of day ish
1: it, ish <laughs> I like one of them I'm just wasn't at the moment
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um shout out to Dax what's up hey hey um now I we we have to tell them though about our run-in with mr Longlegs last night okay <laughs> and we'll do this
1: together i want to start with my perspective and then i'm gonna let crystal like <laughs> give my perspective <laughs> so as we've all talked about um i am in the process of moving um and we've already started moving stuff in and we- crystal um my homie my girl my ride or die my podcast bro. Like (laughs) she has just been like ride or dying with me through this house. I put her through the trenches and she doesn't even complain. Oh my God. You did not put me through the trenches. (laughs) The first time, the first day. Um, so we went back yesterday and, um, everything was going fine. Everything was great. We made some progress. We got bathrooms cleaned, stuff was unpacked and getting ready to leave. And my husband had asked me to, before I left to make sure that one of the basement windows was locked up. And then I said, okay. Um, and I go down there and Crystal had made a joke, like, um, just holler if you need my assistance down there or help. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) okay. So I go down there and everything's all good. until I'm walking back And on a wood workbench that they had left there, I see, I want to call it a spider. (laughs) But this thing was like eight-legged freaks. This was like the Harry Potter spider ready to come and eat you. Very accurate description. So I'm standing there with my pup pup. And I yell, "Kay!" And she's like, Yeah, comment, you know, like, and she gets down there and she's like, Holy shit! <laughs> she's like, I'd save you from an intruder. I didn't say anything about spiders.
0: <laughs> That's also facts. <laughs>
1: um, when I say that we both instant had asthma attacks, and neither one of us have asthma. <laughs> standing there staring at it with my dog so my husband said it's called a fishing spider okay um i did not google the picture to see if it matches
0: because it's big enough to eat a fish that's why it's called that maybe
1: (laughs) maybe because they're usually on like swampland or like lakes you know he says uh kill it with a shoe now Crystal, do you think that thing could have been killed with a shoe? Um, if we had some clown
0: shoes, <laughs> if we had some big-ass clown shoes there. <laughs> that thing was like Michael Myers, okay? It, it didn't die. It wouldn't die. It's probably still alive.
1: Okay, so I just Googled it. Yes, it is a vicious. A vicious? vicious, vicious oh. A vicious, vicious spider. And it says that it can bite and deliver venom but it's venom is not considered dangerous unless you happen to be allergic to it.
0: My fucking look, I'd be
1: allergic to it. So um, me and my crystal, me and my, my crystal, um, <laughs> we had an idea to suck it up with a vacuum cleaner hose.
0: It seemed like a bright idea at the time, you know?
1: <laughs> so the first time I missed and I made her hold my hand <laughs> teamwork is the dream work right two is better than one (laughs) and because I was one-handed it wasn't strong enough and it ran away and this sounds like a made-up story when I say a closet door fell over onto the ground and tools rolled and glasses came off the desk and it was very chaotic and scary for a minute
0: the after scene of it looked like an actual intruder had like been down there and attacked you (laughs) it would have been easier just to burn the
1: fucking house down and start
0: over um
1: so i start shaking the desk or whatever and it runs up from underneath and finally comes back up and it's attached to the side of it and crystal when i say her screams are loud and piercing i'm not lying she has legit fearful screams um and it 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 shook me i'm so sorry no (laughs) <laughs> um, I decided we're going to try it again with the vacuum cleaner this time. I'm going to be brave and not hold Crystal's hand. So I can get a good grip on it and I suck it up. And then I immediately turn the hose to the floor. So it can't get out and we run it for a while. Good. You know, two, three minutes. I'm like, it's gotta be dead. It's gotta be dead. So Cue scary music as I take the vacuum cleaner hose apart and I carefully look down the hole of it. That was brave, by the way. (laughs) To make sure that it wasn't in there. All clear. So the next thing is open up the bag and take the vacuum bag out and put it in a garbage bag. I hand the garbage bag off to Crystal. Before she gets a chance to tie it, I hear another piercing scream. (laughs) The spider crawled out of the vacuum clean bag alive into the garbage bag. So she drops the garbage bag and slams a different vacuum cleaner on top of the garbage bag. I tie it. Then we tap dance on the bag to make sure it's dead. This is a whole scene. I hope you guys are keeping up. And I finally think it's dead. I hope it is. And I take the bag outside and put it into the garbage can. But oh my God, when I say I was creeped out, I left my windows down in my car and I was parked under a tree. I'm searching the inside of my car, the outside, looking around before I get into it. The whole drive home, me and Crystal both confirmed. We both had like the the shakes on the way home. Just
0: like, is there one in my car? I will say a couple of times, because it was dark out driving home, I took my flashlight like- like multiple times took my flashlight on on my phone and like was looking around my car just to make sure because I was that paranoid that there was one in the car with me. Or the one, the one that we tried to kill was still alive and vengeful and decided to crawl in my car. When I say it was a freaking scene from like a horror movie, what it felt like watching that giant spider run out of the vacuum bag oh my god and i do apologize for my (laughs) piercing screams (laughs) but they were valid because that thing was huge
1: (laughs) yeah and it says these things can live up to two years in a house
0: are you serious i hope that that was the only one in your house
1: um i'm gonna spray professionally
0: yeah i would because that they
1: will travel very far distance away from water to look for prey. What
0: is their prey? Like us?
1: And I don't know. And this it is it's <laughs> found, found in basements, kitchens, and even bedrooms, much, oh to this, much to the dismay of human occupancy.
0: Yeah. Very big dismay right there. Oh my God. Could you imagine sleeping and you feel something like brush across your face and you turn on the light and it's one of those things?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I don't know if I can ever sleep at your house. <laughs> that thing was no joke. As like, as she was, as Lo was preparing to um, suck it up with the vacuum, I was like in the corner, like talking like I was Steve Irwin, like it belongs in Australia. I was like, crikey, mate, we call a big one over here.
1: <laughs> like it was, uh, it was
0: that giant. Yeah. Google it, people. That's all I got to say yeah i'm glad it was that and not what i was thinking it was was like um a brown recluse or something like that which those can actually like kill you i'm pretty sure i think
1: they've been spotted in michigan too
0: brown recluse yeah yeah they like hide in garages and basements i've i've heard so um hopefully those stay away (laughs) I don't know.
1: We're still packed. We could just move somewhere else.
0: That's true. It would be easy enough. (laughs) So hey, if if those things, sorry, if those things travel long distances, they could be
1: anywhere. But it did say they stay mostly by water because they attack fish as they like stay on the water. But so um, they
0: literally do attack fish. mm -hmm. That's that's insane. My mind is blown. I want to see that. I want to see a spider attack a fish. Like, how weird. Sorry, we can
1: move on. I'm just, like, so blown away by this. You can YouTube it later. on your own time, Crystal. I definitely will be. <laughs> so, last week, I asked a question. And we are here to answer it for you. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Lo. Who portrayed... Diane Downs in the movie Small Sacrifices. Am I am
0: I allowed to say it now? Now you are the one, the only Miss Farrah Fawcett. Yay! Woo. And who got that answer
1: right? Congratulations, Tammy Holly from Waterford, Michigan. Congrats! You know Shout your true. Out. You know your true crime. Yeah,
0: you know your Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> Drinks, shall we? Shall we say what we're drinking?
1: I got mine right here in my little Trevor City Whiskey Company glass that I got from Trevor City.
0: <laughs> no way. You got that from Trevor City. <laughs> well, inside that glass, we have some Arbor Mist Raspberry Pink Moscato. And this was actually donated to us by a Listener super fan, Miss Sarah Stepke from Shelby Township. So thanks, girl. Thank you. How at your creeper? Yeah. She like hit it. She hit it right on the head because she knows that we like the, the fruity moscados. Yes, so. We like we like the bubblies. Yes. Perfect decision. Perfect uh perfect option. So if
1: you did not Listen to last week's show which I mean I don't know why you wouldn't but I mean yeah this is part two peeps you gotta go listen to part one so last week we talked about Natalie Wood and it might not have been the most exciting one because it didn't get into like the deets deets um we did talk about um the toxicity, taximity toxicity Tax- toxicity Of the relationship between RJ and Natalie. And we talked about Natalie growing up and the toxic relationship from her mother. Um, So there was toxic stuff in there. Um, Lots of toxic stuff. (laughs) If I do say so myself. And she does say so. I do. (laughs) Um, This is part two. And we're going to talk about the actual night of...
0: Natalie and what went wrong on that fateful night that horrible horrible night so after Thanksgiving in 1981 Natalie and RJ they decided to plan one of their frequent boat trips to Catalina Island um, just off the coast of California they would take this trip um, semi-regularly so they decided to go um, at this point which interesting time I feel because it's a little bit chilly around that time but I don't know I don't live in California so maybe it's you know can be debatable on the weather I guess Um, and Natalie had actually invited multiple friends to join them on the trip but most of the people that were invited like all declined because of the bad sailing weather that was forecasted for that weekend Um, however Natalie's co-star from the movie Brainstorm, Christopher Walken, who was in town for the film, um, he was the only person to accept to join them for the weekend on the boat. So at one point, Natalie's daughter, Natasha, before they had gone on the boat trip, she had asked Natalie not to go. You know, she kind of like pleaded her not to go, you know, it's going to be bad weather. Um, But Natalie insisted that She was going to go. Natasha had plans with her friends anyways, um, and Natalie had already planned this weekend. So that's kind of what they were going to do. We're just going to carry on with our plans. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. So Natalie, RJ, and Christopher Walken, along with the captain, Dennis Davern, they all took the Splendor, which was the name of their boat, out and went to Catalina um, and on the small island of Avalon. So now the first night there um, it seemed mostly like they were all having a good time. Um, There was a little bit of side eye going on from RJ kind of looking at Chris and Natalie, because if you remember from part one, RJ can be quite the jealous type. And we're going to even get into more of that in this episode. Um, A lot more of that. Um, But He was pretty skeptical of them, and he felt like Chris had, you know, kind of more sultry type intentions toward Natalie, you know, not just them being friends. However, Natalie never did anything with Chris. Like, they were honestly just friends, but RJ, of course, thought that more was going on, Um, and he's just always been a jealous type, even though he's... If you remember, he's the one who cheated on her. So don't know. It's kind of uh what is that saying when they project? Because he's the one, he's the cheater, but he's projecting the jealousy. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like the one that cheats is usually
1: the one that's accusing someone else of cheating.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he was so jealous that even for example, one time he went as far as asking if Natalie's like makeup artist and costume designer ever looked up her skirt while she was getting ready like who asks that like who even like who even thinks about that like nothing had happened with the makeup artist costume designer like nothing happened with them but that thought just popped into his head where he like asked almost accused about that so crazy
1: I don't know how she put up with it for so long
0: I know I could not twice I couldn't yeah twice I could not deal with that so this night, you know, the drinks were flowing. Um, they were having a good time um, at first. <laughs> and Captain Dennis, he recalls RJ becoming very visibly upset. Um, he says he believes it's because, you know, Christopher being there and him being jealous of and everything. He says that he was almost showing off in front of Christopher, like kind of like, oh, this is my boat, like staking his territory and all that. And throughout the night, it just got very tense between RJ and Natalie. Um, And, you know, obviously this made Natalie really upset. She became very uncomfortable and she just wanted to leave. So she practically begged Dennis to get her off of the boat um, because of how RJ was acting. And he was just being, he was being real extra, real crazy, So Dennis took Natalie off of the boat. Uh, They went onto the dinghy and they sailed to the shore. Um, They went to a motel where they booked two separate rooms. But Dennis says that he ended up just staying in Natalie's room all night, just talking. He says nothing went on. You know, they were just friends and she was just venting and crying to him just about her relationship, how she thought, you know, maybe she was going to leave Robert um and just all the issues going on so it's just kind of you know venting to a friend so they stayed there and talked the whole night um the next morning they had some breakfast and then they mutually decided that you know it would probably be best if they went back to the boat just to smooth everything over and try to try to continue having a good rest of the weekend so once they got back on the boat Dennis says that they really didn't even talk about the previous night like any of them. They kind of just glided over it and pretended like it didn't even happen Um, and everyone seemed fine and in a good mood. Um, So they just continued on having, you know, a good time and enjoying the day. Now, this night there was drinking involved. Um, They started drinking a little bit earlier in the day. Um, This was November 28th. Once it got a little bit later, RJ was out fishing. So Natalie and Christopher decided that they were going to take the little dinghy down to Avalon to the bar um, just to have some drinks. And then a little bit later, RJ and Dennis took like a a boat or a dinghy or whatever they took to meet them there for dinner. So while at the bar, Natalie and Christopher, you know, their friends, co-stars, they were just laughing and reminiscing on filming their movie and like about the mudslides and, you know, just having a good time. Um, but when RJ saw them sitting together, laughing, he of course got extremely jealous. Um, and it kind of just threw off, threw off the mood again. And Dennis could tell that RJ was starting to get very irritated and like in his feelings. They then all went and sat down for dinner and, um, progressively he was just getting more and more angry over it so Dennis then suggested you know maybe let's just all go back to the boat like let's just try to move on and continue and like head back now um, a man named Don Whiting he was the night manager of the restaurant he later said that he was worried that all four were too intoxicated to make it back to the boat safely in their dinghy after the meal, and even went so far as to ask Kurt Craig of the Harbor Patrol to make sure that the group made it back safely to their yacht, Um, and they had left the restaurant at about 10.30 p.m. The toxicology report released after Wood's death um, revealed that the actress had a blood alcohol content of 0.14% at the time of her death, which off the top of my head, I can't think of what is like a high percentage of alcohol to have in your system.
1: So 0.08 or greater if you're over 21 or 0.02 if you are under 21, which I don't think any alcohol I thought was legal if you're under 21. Yeah. Um,
0: so it was what 0.08? That's
1: the that's your like legal limit.
0: Okay. So she definitely was over that. Um so yeah, they were, they were, you know, drinking, having a good time later. I know Dennis even said he had supplied them with Quaaludes as well, but that did not show up in Natalie's toxicology report. So kind of weirdness around that. Maybe she didn't end up taking any and the other people did. I don't really know. Um, but I know he said he like passed them out. So yeah. Yeah. Dennis just got them all ready to head back um, to the boat and he got there and he was like, I'm going to put on a tea kettle for Natalie just because she likes to drink tea. He knew um, and there was also some wine still that he put out because he knew that they were probably going to continue to keep drinking throughout the evening as well. Robert says that Natalie went out to resecure the dinghy because it was being loud and banging against the boat not allowing her to sleep. But at around 11.05 p.m. that evening, other passengers realized that Natalie had gone missing and began looking for her. Other passengers, aka Dennis, um, around this time, he realized that the boat Stingy was gone also. RJ says that, oh, you know, she, she was probably just fooling around on someone's boat, like a like a floozy or something. Like he just automatically went there. Like he thought she just decided to leave and like go on some random person's boat. But RJ wouldn't call it in until 1:30. So two hours basically, more than two hours, two and a half hours pretty much had gone by with her missing and nobody calling for help, which is just so insane to me.
1: Yeah, because you figure, and I think they mentioned it later, but. Due to she can't swim, she's been drinking, but also, like, the hypothermia of the water. Right. Like. She has
0: minutes if she's in there. Yeah. Like, just, that bl- blows my mind that they wouldn't immediately call right after they realized she wasn't on the boat. Um. So, yeah. RJ called at 1.30, but he did not call the Coast Guard. He called a ship to shore The restaurant manager, um, Mr. Whiting, who we had mentioned earlier. And then a call was made two hours later at 3.30 a.m. to the Coast Guard. So at this point, it had been, what, four and a half hours that Natalie has been missing. What? I said, fast math people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so smart. Um, I totally counted on my fingers, by the way. Um. Yeah, so it had been two and a half hours before the Coast Guard had even been called after she had gone missing. And of course, this part of the timeline has become very uh, big interest to investigators. There are many, many things that should be examined, but mainly the four-hour wait to call for the Coast Guard. Um, Marty Rooley, who was the co-author, co-author of the book Goodbye, Natalie, Goodbye, Splendor, um, she said that to cnn and i mean i who would disagree with that because that's just insane four hours robert says that he didn't immediately call the coast guard because he just thought yeah he just thought like he said earlier that the dinging was missing and that she was messing around on another person's boat um which even if that were the case and he actually thought that like he should still try to figure out where she was at and like be worried about her plus that's rude that he just assumes she's like doing that they also did not want to have the news get out that natalie was missing from the boat because everyone knew you know who she was and it would just cause a big frenzy um which i I get not wanting it to get out to the public but i feel like that shouldn't deter a call being made to like rescue teams (laughs) Like they should know about it. I get not wanting the news to know about it right away because then it would just be flooded with people and helicopters and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, the time in between is just ridiculous. So they, as they were like searching, they eventually found the lost dinghy um, in like a small cave area off of the coast. Um, but sadly, Natalie was not inside of it or anywhere near it the investigators say that they had so many different ideas at this point of like what might have happened running through their minds you know did she fall off at some point and drown did she get off onto another boat somewhere did she get off on land somewhere um you know without the having her body found they had no idea and they just had so many different like theories to go off of so after searching for hours at around 8 a.m., Natalie's body was found about a mile south of the couple's yacht off of an isolated cove known as Blue Cavern Point. A very weird part. There are multiple weird parts in the story, but one being that police called Robert Wagner to come identify Natalie's body because, you know, they have to do that for protocol, even though they, they said that they knew, obviously, that it was her because she was... Natalie would have And famous. They just, for legal reasons, had to have somebody who knew her come identify her body. Um, But Wagner refused to come and he made Dennis do it instead. He made him go there and identify the body. So, yeah, I just thought that that was weird that Robert wouldn't go do it himself, like go identify her body. Like, that's your wife. I get, I maybe if I, were to play devil's advocate which I'm not because I don't really want to but if I were to be I guess like if he was in a lot of pain and felt like he didn't want to see her like that and couldn't do it then to have your friend do it for you but I don't know I don't think that was the case and that's just super sketch to me
1: yeah they said like he didn't seem like he was really
0: shedding any
1: tears or seemed like he was really like didn't seem very distraught
0: you know what I mean right like you would think your your wife was just drowning drowned to death like you would be in more shock and in more sadness and disbelief and you would you know not take four hours to call for help so there's that (laughs) um so Dr. Joseph Choi um who is or was, I don't know if he currently still is, Um, a deputy medical examiner at the Los Angeles Medical Examiner's Office performed the autopsy on Natalie. Um, He noted her blood alcohol levels and several bruises on her arms, legs, and face. Um, And he, at the time, said that he believed those were consistent with a fall overboard While she was trying to board the dinghy kind of just going along with Robert's story Um, and the office had ruled the death an accident in an extremely short matter of time. Um, They said that because she had alcohol in her system, that she wasn't a skilled swimmer and that a heavy jacket that she was wearing over her long nightgown was kind of the recipe for disaster. Um, Now later low will tell us about you know a lot of contradictions with his ruling because he just kind of quickly went through it without doing a lot of investigation and weirdly you kind of just went along with robert's you know um story of what happened without anybody doing really any investigating to like make it anything
1: otherwise so christopher walken um He finally broke his silence on the night of Wood's death, offering a theory as to how she died. Um, The actor's account for the evening given during an interview with Playboy Magazine was consistent with investigators, um, the initial findings. But in the interview, Walken had said that anybody there saw the logistics of the boat uh, the night where they were. Um, that it was raining, they would know that exactly what happened. You hear about things happening to people. They slip at the bathtub. They fall downstairs, step off a curb in London um, because, you know, they think that the cars come from the other way and then they die, <laughs> just like that. Um, you feel you want to die making an effort at something. You don't want to die in some un- unnecessary way. What happened that night, only she knows because she was alone. She had gone to bed before us and her room was at the back. Uh, The dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat and I think she went out to move it. Um, There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. Um, It was slippery. Um, I had walked out on it myself. She had told me that she couldn't swim and she probably was like half asleep and wearing the coat which people keep saying about the dinghy, you know, she went to fix it or the noise, but it's been said that like by multiple people, she never would have done that. She always had Dennis Stewart or RJ, but you know, usually Dennis was the one, the captain always tied the dinghy to the boat.
0: And the fact that they're just going, everyone's just going along with Roberts, what he's saying, like, It's like he said that that's what happened. Everyone was like, oh, okay. well, that's that must have been what happened. Like, there's no like second guessing or thinking about, Okay, well, what if that didn't happen? And why why is he saying that if that's, you know, like they just everyone's just corroborating and like going along with whatever Robert's saying happened. Also, I think it's super random and weird that Christopher Walken gave an interview on this to playboy magazine i feel like that's so random like of all the places there (laughs) i mean i guess because the men will
1: read it i don't know i guess maybe um but you know they and he also stated that like he didn't know what happened because he you know they argued he went to bed and fell asleep now i get they were drinking and they were even on maybe some drugs or whatever but to fall asleep that fast and like your woman friend is arguing with her husband, he's, you know, broken wine bottles, he's yelled at Chris, you know, accused him of wanting his wife. And um, I believe at some point in the interview, it was talked that Chris and RJ was fighting. RJ was more, more or less yelling at him saying, you know, I know you want to fuck my wife and blah, blah, blah. And then saying, like, let her make her own decisions. I think it was about a movie part or some kind of thing. And, you know, stop getting in her head and stop this and stop that. And so Chris finally walked off and decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to bed. I don't think I could fall asleep that fast and sleep that soundly knowing that there's like a guy who's irate drunk possibly stoned violent ish on the boat and I'm gonna go to bed and leave him alone with his wife
0: yeah no like I could see leaving the room because it's uncomfortable in general but then also for him because the anger is being directed towards Christopher but the fact that he would just fall right asleep like I feel like most people would listen to make sure that everything was like cool. You know, like nothing was getting out of hand.
1: Yeah. So I find that kind of a little weird that he said he fell straight to sleep and heard nothing. I personally don't buy that. No, me neither. Um, so news broke everywhere of Natalie's death. Her sister recalls being at home that night with her mother. She says that she never had any trouble sleeping. She was actually a sound sleeper. Um, but For that night, some reason, she couldn't fall asleep. She stayed up for a while with her mother and eventually dozed off around 5 a.m. She says not long after that, she received a phone call from her friend saying it was all of the news that Natalie had died in a drowning. Her sister shrugged it off in first and said, you know, don't believe everything you see on TV, you know, it's probably just, you know, rumors. What are you talking about? She's not dead. And then her sister says R.J. didn't reach out to any of them Um, by the time she obviously realized that it was true. Let me put that out there, Um, that um, R.J. didn't reach out to any of them. And at the funeral, she went up to him and asked what happened. And he said it was an accident and that she was quickly pulled away and out of the room, like away from him and wasn't really allowed to talk. Um, I do want to say, too, that um, when RJ came home to tell Natalie and her sisters about it, I feel it was done in a very, like, kind of weird, I don't know, like, they said he walked in, the girls came downstairs, and, you know, Natalie's like, where's mom? You know, what happened to mom? And he just gave her a hug, they sat on the staircase, he put his arms around her and said, we're going to be okay. We'll be fine. And that was like it, like that was the consoling pep talk.
0: Yeah. Like just to be like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to be okay. We're we're fine. Like
1: it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine.
0: Yeah. Definitely a weird way to go about that conversation. Just lost my
1: wife. You just lost your mom, but that's okay. We'll get through it. Like I'd, they made it sound like there was no really emotional breakdown. You know what I mean? Like Right.
0: Yeah, you would think seeing her kids, it would be even harder to keep it together. But Stone Cold Sally over there.
1: <laughs> so Robert even started seeing actress Jill St. John, who just after two weeks after Natalie had been found dead, uh, Jill, she was at the funeral. And then she started hanging out more and more. Um, she was always there. She even moved into the house and this is like only two weeks after Natalie's been dead. Um, and then officially on Valentine's day, 10 weeks after Natalie's death, they came out as a couple and they were involved ever since. Um, I mean, everybody has a way to grieve and to get over their sorrows but two weeks like dude yeah. i don't even think the fur coat dried out that quick.
0: <laughs> like the coat's still damp guys really like yeah like i think everybody should be allowed to move on you know after a spouse dies but like that's just very soon and the fact that they Well, they basically like got together at the funeral and then that he just didn't show much emotion towards the whole Natalie situation. It's just super weird. Just a little too quick there.
1: Yeah. And I do want to say, too, um, that when they were on the boat, a lot of it seemed like it was from RJ you know, playing big man, which kind of goes back into not showing emotions, but like, um, you know, in front of Chris, he was just like, this is my boat. I have a captain. This is, you know, just being real fancy about it and like, you know, just barking orders and, you know, kind of playing like, yeah, I can afford this. I'm a, you know, blah, 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 whatever chris is like okay so you have a boat with a captain um, yeah thanks for inviting me like
0: like care. unfazed <laughs> like robert's just doing it for himself
1: yeah. well chris is probably thinking too like yeah okay so like uh did natalie pay for this or <laughs> yeah. yeah she probably did <laughs> Natalie's flipping this bill, isn't she?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So a lot of people, including Natalie's family, aside from her daughter believe that Robert may have been responsible for Natalie's death that night. He was raging, angry, and jealous, always jealous. Um, they were drinking and everyone who knew Natalie said that she would have never went by herself to go fix that dinghy. She would have asked Dennis or someone else to do it. And, uh, that it was bothering her so much because she was afraid of dark waters. Even Natasha, you know, in the interview, the one that I really didn't care for, that she's the one interviewing RJ. I can't re- I always forget the name of it. We said it on the last episode. I think it was called What She Left Behind. That sounds like it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of talked about it last week. Like, I didn't really like the fact that... Uh, Natasha was the one doing the interviews with RJ. Cause I feel like it's very biased. Yeah. Um, but Hey, what do I know? Um, <laughs> but she even said that in there, she's like, yeah, because you know, it always annoyed mom when, you know, the dinghy would hit the boat and she was always really annoyed by it. So, you know, she might've went up there and just tried to fix it herself. Like, no, everybody else said like, she would not have done that. Like, she didn't even, didn't even know if she knew how to do that. Like
0: Right. And if, if she, everybody knew that she would ask somebody else, that means she clearly always would ask somebody else to fix it. So, and she was terrified of dark water. So, like, why would she, like, I it, it makes no sense, like, why she would just randomly that night decide to go do it herself.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. So... You know, plus the dinghy's headlights, they weren't working during that time. Um, so it was given extra reason of support. Why would Natalie have taken it out? So dark waters that she's afraid of. She can't swim that well. And there's no headlights on the boat. That just doesn't sound like any combination that Natalie would be like up for.
0: Right, exactly.
1: 30 years after her death in November of two 2000- thousand. uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department reopened the investigation after receiving additional information from unidentified sources who contacted the authorities. Um, In an interview with the NBC's Today, Dennis, he said that he did lie about Wood's death when he originally questioned by the police. He's also claimed that Wagner was actually responsible for the tragedy. So we're about to get into... Some more crazy stuff. It just, even after Natalie's death, there's things that are going to make you say, what? Yeah. So he says that night, RJ and Natalie were arguing intensely. RJ even threw a broken bottle of wine during the argument. Um, Walking, stormed off into his room to go to sleep and supposedly was asleep the whole time. Now that argument, if you, we just talked about, um, him like yelling at him saying that Walken wanted his wife instead of her head stop putting ideas in her head when it came to like work and movies and stuff so that was that scene right there once some time has passed he heard the arguing stop and so he went to go check on the couple they were no longer in the same room and he found RJ but no Natalie I mean hi light bulb turn on wouldn't you immediately be like, something is not freaking
0: right? Yeah. I think even in that in the pod that podcast where he's like giving an interview, he said, like right around this time in the night, he like in his mind, he was like, Something's off. Something is something's not right here. Because like I feel like he just had a gut feeling, like obviously they were just arguing and now. I don't know. She he didn't see her immediately.
1: And the only thing I can kind of really think is like, okay, so Walken is just starting to get a name for himself. He doesn't want to be linked to this. And RJ might not have been a top actor like big time, but he was still well connected with big actors and he was still well connected with some people that could do some pretty Shady shit, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. He clearly had more power than people probably thought he would.
1: And I think that's what scared Walken and Dennis.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so he asked RJ where Natalie was, and he said that he didn't know, but right, she was around somewhere. So Dennis searched the boat. Natalie was nowhere to be found. He immediately was worried. So the dinghy was gone and says there would be no way that Natalie would have gone to fix that dinghy or take it anywhere. You would have to like, she would knock on his door all the time and ask for her, him to do it for her. Um, he was, of course, extremely worried at this point, telling Robert to call for help. Robert insisted for him to wait and, you know, let's have a drink. And Dennis is like, I don't want to have a drink. Like, I want to find Natalie. And it was almost like a threatening manner. You know, it was he's like, well, I'm going to call for help. And he's like, you don't want to do that. And uh, he's like, what? He's like, um, you don't want to do that. Like, read the room. I'm telling you, don't pick up that fucking phone, you know. And uh, so they sat and they drank. <laughs> As hours passed before calling for help.
0: So insane. Yeah. I get Like I partly get why he didn't because he was scared for his life at that point, but it's like, Oh my God, I would die. I would die sitting there hours passing, being forced to drink just knowing that my friend is definitely in danger, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. And if you act suspicious of RJ, you're going to put a target on your back. Are you going to make it off this boat? If you start pointing fingers Right. So after they were back home and some time had passed, RJ and Dennis um, lived together in RJ's home. Uh, Dennis said it was almost like he was being held hostage um, in a way to stop him from telling the truth of what happened that night. He was also so scared for his own life, feeling too afraid to speak up at the time. Um, when he was at Wagner's house, he says he, you know, he was actually there for about a year. Um, RJ got him a job at a studio. I think it was like $76 a day, but that, I mean, even back then that was like not much. Um, and they only got him that because they needed something for him to do like. And to like,
0: keep him close. I bet to to Robert
1: for sure. Um, He was doing the TV series heart to heart at the time. So he would just give him like bit parts, extras, you know, on the show. If he would have a morning call or something like that, he'd have to go to the studio. Um, His driver would pick him up and take him from the house to the studio. And then from the studio back to the house. Um, At the end of the workday, the driver would bring him back to the house. Um, When he would go to bed at night, he'd close the door to his room and there was sort of like a magnetic lock and he couldn't open it. So yeah, he pretty much was a hostage. Um, It got to the point where Dennis's girlfriend was getting like nervous, mad, pissed, like what the hell's going on, Dennis? Um, So he, she showed up at RJ's house and she was very upset and Dennis, you know, was like, listen, my girlfriend's upset. You know, this is what's going on. I need to spend some time with her. I need to calm her down. So they said, okay. So the bodyguard dropped Dennis off at his girlfriend's house. And then a couple hours later, they went back to get him and she started crying and she was upset. And they're like, listen, it's time to go. And he's like, come on. He's like, listen, my my girlfriend's really upset. Let me just stay the night with her. You know, you can come get me in the morning. And like we said now, and they literally gripped him up by the back of the neck. And these two goons dragged him down the driveway, threw him in the back of the
0: car and back to RJ's. He went. The the fact that that was happening to him just like proves that this guy was dangerous and a big no, no to try and mess with him.
1: Yeah, and I don't know all the facts of it, um, but there was. A, it seems like there was a lot of people, like Sinatra's name was stirring around, and um, even Reagan was thrown around a little bit. Like all these people were just like when they came to Natalie's case to like shut it down, shut it up, tie it up, close it, zip it, <laughs> put the key in your pocket whatever what does he say like when you're little uh lip it zip it put it
0: in your pocket something like that it's something like that i don't think that's exactly it but that's very close i can't think of what it is zip it lock it put it in your pocket maybe that's it yeah
1: um so in january 2013 the los angeles county sheriff's department officially changed woods cause of death from accidental drowning to drowning and undetermined factors so now they're like oh wait a minute maybe she didn't just drown. i mean there's scratches and bruises and back of her head's messed up and the front of her face is a little messed up and huh if only they would have looked into this 30 years earlier
0: yeah and they would have gotten more info at that time too
1: um so the change came after Investigators determined that some of the bruises found on Wood's body during her initial autopsy may have been sustained before she drowned. However, the coroner said they couldn't confirm anything definitely or confirm exactly when the bruises were inflicted. Then in February 2018, RJ finally was officially named as a person of interest in Wood's death for the first time. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department Lieutenant John Carina disclosed an update during the interview with CBS News and 48 Hours. There's also a couple who have spoken out that they were out boating in the area the night of Natalie's death. Both heard a woman yelling for help, help I'm drowning. The husband was trying to call for help, but no one was answering. The woman was using a flashlight and yelling out, trying to figure out where she might be. And this happened within 20 minute time span, just after 11 p.m., the night of Natalie's death. So if they saw the flashlight and I don't understand how they.
0: No, the the wife had a flashlight.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
0: I just wonder, I don't know. I'm not saying that I don't believe them at all. But then part of me is like, I can just see some people hopping on a bandwagon being like they were in that area and they just like said that this happened for like recognition. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Five minutes of fame. But I don't know. She listening to her talk and uh, the interview, the podcast investigations, the voyage of the mysterious death of Natalie Wood um, listening to her talk she really did make it sound like she had more to say and wanted to say at the time, but nobody took their statement really. Um, And they were kind of like hushed, hushed by RJ. Like you don't want to turn a statement in, do you? Right. Really?
0: I don't think you do. Yeah. And then the only other thing that goes through my mind is like, They heard her yelling, but then how come Dennis didn't hear her yelling if she was, would have been closer to their boat? You know what I mean? Unless maybe because they were outside and maybe Dennis was inside the boat, so he just didn't hear it. Maybe. So many questions. (laughs) So Nancy Grace says
1: after speaking with Lana, Nancy believes that there was foul play because of the bruising pattern that was found on her body and the upper abrasion on her face made it clear that those things did not come from the water. Um, none of the other passengers' bodies were checked. So one of the big things in forensics is you're supposed to always check underneath the fingernails. like That's where a lot of DNA is. Um, and they dropped the ball. Nobody looked, nobody. And that's like, taught you know first day of forensic school
0: <laughs> right <laughs> that's taught on csi you could just watch csi to freaking
1: know that oh, shit right <laughs> um it's quite elementary guys elementary my dear elementary. <laughs> so yeah that's kind of disappointing that you know nobody even a lot of balls are dropped during this investigation
0: big rookie mistake man and the guy wasn't even a rookie <laughs>
1: According to Nancy Grace, when she was on the Dr. Oz show, they also confirmed that Natalie had 300 ml of urine in her bladder, which if she died by drowning, it said that it would have emptied in the water. So therefore, this is a big theory of that she was knocked out before she was thrown in the water. Um, I did try to research like if your body empties out while you drown, because I know when you die, usually like, within the first 24 hours like everything comes out of you. Um, I knew that much, but I don't know being in the water, if that makes a difference or, but they did make a big deal of that was a big proof of she was knocked out then thrown in, but we did try to Google how long, you know, or do you pee after you drowned in the water, but I couldn't find anything <laughs>
0: confirming it. We need more studies on this people
1: uh yeah any forensic doctors you know scientists biology chemistry i don't know whatever it would be in right (laughs) or let us know like do you pee in the water after you drown (laughs) so investigators said that wagner had not been interviewed since um the case has been reopened they said that in 2013 um, they had tried at least 10 times to interview him, but he refused every time. Um, Wagner has denied any involvement to his wife's death, and no charges have been filed. His publicist, Alan Rob declined to comment as well. So there was one writer friend, Sue, and she firmly believes that Natalie never got over the infidelity that RJ had with his butler.
0: Hard thing to get over, I'm sure.
1: I don't know if that's a pun or not Um, it wasn't but I guess it could be (laughs) um, we discussed that in um last week's episode um but and she did say that um you know Natalie might have sometimes been a little bit more flirty or um just kind of more I don't even know how to say it but like like I don't want to say playful. Yeah. With gentlemen um, in front of RJ um, because she was bitter and she just wanted to, almost like a reminder, like, you know, look, I can have anybody I want. You know what I mean? Letting him know. Yeah. And just kind of torturing him, I guess, a little bit that way. Yeah. Um, and and Suze Mai, she was kind of playing with fire a little bit. And that could have been the fate of her death. If she was acting like that with our, um, with Christopher, then maybe he finally snapped that night.
0: Yeah. Pushed him, pushed him to the edge.
1: Yeah. um, Literally. Robert still stands by his story to this day saying he had nothing to do with the death of Natalie Wood. But I mean, if you really think about it, there is a lot of spishy, spishy, fishy, fishy vibes. Like the jealousy. Um, can we say OJ Simpson?
0: Yeah, very similar ish, like vibes. I definitely would agree with that. Like, and,
1: I mean, at least OJ ended up going to prison. Not for that.
0: Yeah, first. for something different, but at least he ended up there. I think he's back out now already. Yeah, that's true. He should have been in there for life. Absolutely. I mean,
1: everybody knows he did it. Yeah. Um, But and I feel like a lot of people know that RJ did this, but because, you know, money talks, you know, everything got smudged and
0: smeared and disappeared. Yep. Everything got covered up. Yeah. He literally manipulated everyone around him to make sure that he was never caught and that it was never found out you know what that he did like and he's lived his entire life like the rest of his life after that just being a free man you know living his life working on you know acting gigs he's like 92 now or something like that and
1: yeah and they even said like
0: I think it was Nancy
1: Grace was trying to say like you know even if they opened it back up today And they found proof and arrested him. He's like 90 something years old. Like, what's the point without saying the words? What's the point? But I still feel like even if they arrested him and he was convicted today and he died tomorrow in jail, it would be victory for the world to know that he finally got caught and the world would know like before he died. He would die knowing that the world knew that he was a D-bag. You know what I mean? Oh, I 100% agree. Like, Like, even if he spends one day in jail and it's his last day. It would be so worth it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because then it would be confirmed to him and everybody that we know what you did, sir. You know, and her poor sister,
1: um, you know, she's trying so desperately to get answers i mean she was sh- shunned from like rj's life at, like immediately after you know she tried on multiple times to get him you know to talk just you know what happened what happened and i was just like it was an accident let it go let it go you know um she did end up getting some of natalie's stuff she said it took her boyfriend um eight hours, him and a couple of friends to load up trucks to bring it all back to her house um, because she couldn't go over there. Like She just did not and could not have anything to do with RJ. Um, and like we said before, he's powerful and new powerful people. He scared a lot of people. Um, she got blacklisted because of RJ. Um, she was an up-and-coming actress like her sister. She actually went from playing a Bond girl and James Bond opposite of Sean Connery. Now I know maybe a lot of younger people might not know who he is, but that's a pretty big name, you know? Oh yeah. And especially like in the seventies, that's huge. And so she went from Bond girl to literally working at sprint to feed her kids. Like, it- you know, nobody would touch her or hire, you know, he, he, nobody would do it. And um, she even tried to, you know, I think in the beginning with her book and get detectives and investigators and journalists or whoever um, to get the truth out and nobody would touch it. Everybody was so scared of being sued by RJ. And one person's like, I'll do it. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of him. Let him sue me. Let him come after me. Let's get this story out. And they finally did. But, like, everybody was just scared of RJ and his
0: connections. Yeah, because people, like, fell to the floor for him. Like, they did things for him. And it's just, like, also makes him look even more suspicious, like, doing that to her sister. Like, that's your wife's sister who just died supposedly by an accident. You should be, like, more than supportive for her. Like, you should- yeah, that's still a yeah lot you like, think he would want them to be bonded like get closer together after that happened and not like make her life even more miserable
1: yeah i feel like he brainwashed the girls to like not have a relationship with her anymore oh a 100 percent. yeah i don't know i just see his face now and i just get angry i'm like your face makes me angry
0: yeah he's horrible like oh just knowing that he's just walked free and been rich and lived luxury life with no worries after, after Natalie died is just like, it makes my, makes my blood boil. Yes. like I said,
1: just like, you know, the OJ, and I'm sure there's more out there that I'm not thinking of right now. Oh
0: yeah. Even the story we did a few weeks ago, Robert Durst, he lived most of his life up until his death being, you know, innocent, And then when he finally got caught, he died like not much longer after. But hopefully it'll be the same case with this. He'll get charged before he dies.
1: I wish, you know, they've been going back and forth about should they exhume her body, bring it back up, reinvestigate it, you know. And the part of me wants to be like, no, let her rest in peace. She's already been through so much. Just. Know, let the poor woman just rest. But the other part of me is like, ah, uh,
0: like Natalie, bitch, wake up and tell your story, right? Honestly, like I feel like she, from what we've learned about her, she seems like a really strong person. So she, you would think she would like want to like take a stand and be like, listen to what this man did.
1: <laughs> I would be thinking that if I was Natalie, I'd be wanting to be like, I'm not resting until I figured out what happened to my mom. Oh, Natasha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I say Natalie again. Yeah, (laughs) I did that. I caught it when I listened back on the episodes. I'm like, damn it.
0: They have similar names. (laughs) I'm like, oh, well. hopefully people knew what I meant. Uh, Yeah, they have basically the same names. But yeah, she just seems so like under Robert's trance. Like, I don't know that she'll ever believe that he did had any part of it.
1: Well, it's a shame. She's, you know, she was beautiful inside and out. And again, just fully surrounded by toxic
0: people. Yeah. You know what they say. It's the people who you surround yourself with. Not blaming her, but she just was surrounded by. No, I'm just thinking like,
1: I have you, Charlotte and Pat.
0: So, I mean. (laughs) So, you're solid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where I was going with it. (laughs) Solid as a rock.
1: Well, it's been another truly fun experience tonight. Yes,
0: definitely. Wrapping up our part two Natalie Wood segment. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. Um, If you have any more deets that you have heard or theories that you have, send them our way. We'd love to read them.
1: But before we log off, there is an important thing we have to say.
0: Oh, yeah. We have to announce.
1: Yes. So, congratulations to the one, the only, none other. What an intro, chrisanne King! <laughs> Yay! So, Chrisan King from Macomb just won a bottle of wine and a Mommy Dearest DVD, "Flowers in the Attic" DVD, and. I'm going to put that together for her. And after I get my shit together, um, we will make her a t-shirt, um, custom made. So I want to reach out to her and find Woo-hoo. out, um, if she wants, uh, a mommy dearest shirt. I was kind of thinking like, you know, no wire hangers. I mean,
0: cannot go wrong. Like that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that.
1: So congratulations. Thank you. Macomb listeners as always. And I don't know when or what our next contest will be, but we'll uh,
0: figure something cool out. Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned for that and stay tuned for another uh, episode coming at you next week, which also yep. I don't know what that is yet, but it'll be a surprise for us all.
1: <laughs> and surprise for me too, because I got to find one.
0: <laughs> Same. <laughs> um,
1: but our anniversary is coming up almost one year of the show. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. We're going to have a fun episode for that.
1: Definitely. Hopefully I will be in the new office and I will have more organization
0: going on and yeah. (laughs) Getting there. You're getting there.
1: there. (laughs) Well, thanks for sticking around creepers. We love listening to you. Listen to us. I was wondering where that was going, but I, I (laughs) love that. (laughs) I was just winging it, man. I was
0: winging it. I'm in support. (laughs) Well, until next time, guys, stay creepy. Bye. Bye.